Oh, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever you're tuning into this podcast, the NBL is still going. Doesn't look like there's going to be any delays, Mr. Pete Hooley, across me as usual, but COVID started to strike again, and could we be in for another 10 weeks of this? Well, definitely not. With the Olympics, I think it's going to stop that. Otherwise, potentially... I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, put it... Okay, Olympians, you go off and do your thing. We'll just have a little pause. We'll, we'll just continue to roll. Yeah, it's not great timing, is it? But uh, we're nearly at the business end. Well, I'll tell you, someone who may want the NBL season to continue for a little bit for getting paid purposes is Mike Kelly, mm. who's just been unceremoniously fired by the Taipans a year after winning Coach of the Year. He comes in with a bitching and a moaning roster that underperformed. Now, apparently, according to the Taipans, this means that they need to fire their coach. Knee-jerk reaction to a bad season and just a shit move overall. You look at how the sort of Fern situation was handled. Mm. Now you look at this. Maybe we've given the Cairns Taipans management and ownership. Well, ownership, I believe it's community-owned still. Maybe we've given them a bit of a free pass over the years because they don't have the money to spend and that sort of stuff. But to me, stupid move. Mike Kelly's a great coach, and I firmly believe that, and I'll continue to fight for that. Mike Kelly is a great coach. This year was the most stressful and weirdest year Mm. in the history of the NBL. The hardest one to manage a team. You don't usually have to do that. You know when Mike Kelly didn't have to do that? Last year when the Taipans were good. Mm. This is another ridiculous move where we just knee-jerk reaction. Oh, the team's done bad. We've got, we got to do something. We've got to do something. Let's fire the coach. Give me a spell. It's pro sport, isn't it? When Yeah, but it's not in a lot of pro sports. I love this how you just say three words and I jump in and just continue my point. <laughs> I'll let you go as well. The season may continue, yeah. but the format of this show yeah. will remain yes. the Sorry, same. Dad. So Sorry. how dare you Sorry, speak yep. on my podcast. But it, it's, it's, pro sports isn't like that. You look mm. in the NBA, you can usually have a couple of down years but so many coaches in, in the AFL, it happens all the time. There's a resurgence. You have two good years, you know, one little down year, or maybe just drop off a little bit, then you have another couple of good years. It just seems in the NBL, for players as well, you have a bad season, you're done, you're toast. It's more, now I can finish, it's more that when I say pro sports, it's even college as well where all success, like you win a championship, all of a sudden it's like, geez, that team was good, wasn't it? Like that was a really good team, that roster was good. Any struggles a team faces or losing, all of a sudden it's like, coach can't coach. It's That's what the issue is. So that's the thing. And we're, you we're win, to jump on players it. are elite, you lose, the coach is just not getting it done. And that's everywhere. And it's like whether you stick with it. And if you're looking at the kind of symmetry of Mike Kelly, then okay, he was wooden spoon, then one coach of the year. Wooden spoon, give him one more year. He's probably going to be coach of the year. One more year. It's, just it's go with the works. data. It's the, <laughs> if we're looking at facts, it's right there. The stats I think it's, show that he will be coach of the year next year, but he'll land somewhere, you'd think, surely. He'd land somewhere, but the hard thing is, look, the media's trashed his name throughout the year, mm. and that's what annoys me. You can't, like, look, we've tried to steer away from the coaching stuff as much as possible this year. Mm. Like with Dan Shamir. I've seen another couple of comments that Dan Shamir could be on the hot seat. Now, with what New Zealand's had to deal with this year, Goodness me. if they were to get rid of Dan Shamir, that would just be a totally ridiculous and unjustified decision. Mm. And I think it's very, very similar with what's happened here with Mike Kelly. No coaches should have lost their job based on what teams have had to go through this year. And I understand Cairns have probably had to travel a little less than most teams, but it's still COVID. Yeah. It's still bubble this, bubble that. It well, sucks. You break it down... The Taipans struggled for the first seven or eight games, and obviously they went from uh, hunt, the hunter to being the hunted and couldn't handle that to start with. Yeah. 
But then once Majuk Den got injured, everything fell apart because he was a crucial part, which we thought when we yeah. talked about the predictions, he was going to take another step forward. Kuwait Noy struggled a bit early, then got hurt. You ruled him out. All of a sudden, they're deep into guys that they, Mike Kelly wouldn't have planned to play. So everything was taking a different turn every single time. It was just never looking good for the Titans, which is hard because you, then you have a look at the scapegoat and be like, well, we need to make changes. So, And speaking of making changes, where do you go from here? I've been a long-time defender of Jamie O'Loughlin saying that he deserves a head coaching spot. He's currently sitting as the assistant coach. If we're talking about, okay, we can't splash too much money with the Titans, we always hear all this blah, 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 we don't have the money, we don't have the money. Why don't you get a guy that's been there, a proven coach that's been there for quite a long time? Mm. He's coached with the Marlins. He's part of the community. You want to get another guy to sort of move into that Aaron Fern type mold and spend a lot of time with this team, which is what you need when you have teams that you can't spend a huge amount on the roster. You need to have full faith in the coach and you need to have them there for a while. They need to understand the dynamic that they're working with in that Taipans mm. environment. Jamie O'Loughlin is easily that guy. Well, Olgan says Adam Ford is the front runner. Which is, which is another strange one. Yeah. Look, at your head coaching positions, you've got bird in the hand, two in the bush. I believe that's the saying. Don't think it is. What is it? Bird, is that it? Bird in the hand, two in the bush. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bird, okay. Bird hand, two in the bush. The bird in the hand would be Cairns. Yep. And then the two in the bush would potentially be heading back to Perth That's with the Wildcats. Yep. The, the producer oh, in my ear has yeah. just confirmed. That's it. all yes, we needed. That quick Google is all we needed. Two in the bush. <laughs> Thank you. But again, do yep. you take that Cairns Taipans role? Like, What does that say about the Sydney Kings there? Mm. If, he's, if well, there's a mutual parting of ways and you'd rather go up to the tropics than stay in you know, one of the most livable cities in the world. If that happens in the off-season, we might need an emergency trash talk podcast. Oh, emergency trash talk. I'll have to bite my tongue on that one for the most part. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's been some moving movement and shake-up within the Kings over the last couple of days, which I can't even be bothered touching on because mm. it's a basket case. But we'll continue to let it roll. We'll see how they do next year. Anyway, the COVID shake-up. Again, uh. we're back. We thought we were done. We thought we were just going to roll through this season, you know, whether it be limited fans, what it is, maybe we'd have to have a couple of games. Mm. But no, we are staring down the barrel and I'm not going to get into the blame game on who's responsible for this stuff because oh, that is not... I could do it. For this podcast, I could, I could do, do it. it, but I won't. And we're just going to be happy that we're all still here yep. and we're in this together. <laughs> <coughs> oh, anyway, what's going to happen now? It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like uh, we're not going to be out of the... The trouble anytime soon in Victoria. So, what happens then? Does I believe twenty twenty four is the date where they think that we should be out of this one. Wouldn't surprise me. So, and but it's, it's ambitious. The problem is, we could be getting like this last round. We could end up with a semi final series of an all Melbourne clash. Which if they're playing other teams like Perth and Illawarra, both of them, then they're just going to have to play away, you'd assume. You'd assume, because even, even if they can come back, we're not going to be able to have any crowds here. Exactly. And well, surely, once we, back- surely we go out of this and, you know, we get out of this in two, three weeks, God forbid, even longer. Mm. Once you get out of that, there's still these, you know, you know, pseudo restrictions in terms of crowds, all that sort of stuff. Once so- they're back, yeah, uh, they can't go anywhere. Except I'm, I'm. There's some sort of softball. New South Wales right now is the pro sport friend. Like yeah. same with AFL, they have a soft border rules. Everyone else is hard. So everyone was saying, why is Melbourne United playing Cairns in? You're saying Sydney's soft in Sydney. Everyone else is hard. Uh, in terms of the way, soft in terms of Sydney? the way they're, they're dealing with everything. So because United left. 
Queensland and the rules came in, they aren't, they're not allowed to go back for 14 days. So that was the whole thing of why that game had... And it's the most confusing you know those, thing like You know that thing where they have Homer's head and it's just the monkey yeah, that's, up in the symbols? That's how it would exactly be. exactly what's going I'm on. I'm sure that's how it is when, trying to figure when, out the When NBA everyone schedule. tries to explain it's, yeah. where you can go and where you can. But it's... So if it, we could end up being... If it's an all-Melbourne semi or an all-Melbourne grand final series, that's going to be the big question of what happens. I'm sure the NBL has to have some sort of plan. And Well, the NBL's got it, about 20 contingency yeah. plans is it still, is for it all of these things. at the snag pit? Because you think about that's the only place that really won't have any venue clashes. Everything else probably is going to have some sort of venue clash. So maybe we end up with some more finals up in Cairns. I mean, you win. Whatever, not, ha- whatever, whatever happens, let's just get this season over with. But imagine winning a chip and going to Gilligan's. See, that'd be good. Yeah. See, there is positive. The issue with that is would I be able to leave Gilligan's? Probably not. Mm. No, you wouldn't. Oh, God, you got me thinking of Gilligan's. <laughs> now we're in lockdown and I'm thinking of Gilligan's. Paradise in Cairns. That is one place that we're going to be getting. At some point next season. <laughs> Live trash talk from Gilligan's. Anyway, the ghost of Will Magnate. Now, Liam Santa Maria came out with an unbelievable stat mm. when I was listening to that game. I believe it was zero points in 56 minutes. Did he, did he score that no, game? No, he didn't. And didn't score that game. So now, if you do the maths there, that was around halftime, probably 60-something minutes. Mm. Yep. That's a lot of time on the floor for a man who is apparently coming in to save the Wildcats' season, or at least turn them, not really save, they were still doing very well, but turn them into a legitimate cemented championship mm. contender. Now, they've lost Cotton. A lot of the comments were, geez, lucky they got Magna. Are you sure? Mm. What happened? I don't know. I think it's a lot. Now it's just mental for him because the same thing. He'd be, he'd know when his last bucket was and he's really trying to find his feet. Uh, and now that Bryce Cotton's gone out, he would have the first game against the Sixers, he would have thought, okay, I can get going a little bit. They tried to run some stuff for him, but it just wasn't working. And he hasn't played. Uh, he's been in hotel quarantine. And you're coming into a system that was so well drilled. And That's the hard every, part. Like, you talk about Todd Blanchard coming into that system. He just fit in perfectly Like to that piece where Tariq Well, shooters was, are a different beast yeah, as well. Shooters in fit into any situation, 100%. no matter where, because they know what they've got to do. They're yeah. not hungry for the ball. Whereas Magna's a little bit of a different beast. You know, he's got to know the offense really well. He's a great screener. That gets him open on a lot of different roles, that sort of stuff. So, And it's interesting with Bryce Cotton out now. You know, a little bit more of that pressure comes towards him. And I'm sure he's feeling it. Like you said, it's mostly mental because the kid can play. Whenever we talk about these sort of things. He's jacked up right now. Like he's it, put on some serious size. He's put on some size yeah. and he was injured for a while yeah. there. So we've got to remember that when we talk about players like this, it's like the same thing with Dengadel. Sometimes it just doesn't work in certain situations. We're not saying that Dengadel's a bad player or Will Magne's a bad player. It's just this specific situation is this going to work out? He could go to Phoenix tomorrow mm. and average 25. You yeah, just don't know. And he could next game break out. And we talk about it being mental. He could be back and ready to fire. We're not sure. We, but they play the right now. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's time. Like got a couple of games before finals, they'd like to get a bit more confidence into him because he's going to have to have a big say, you'd think, in finals without Bryce Cotton. Without Bryce Cotton, he's going to have to have some big games. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, we all want to see him break out of it. And he's, he took a couple threes lately. I thought he was going to come in shooting the ball more because we've seen now if you want to get to the NBA as a big, you've got to be able to stretch the floor. And he's come up a bit short on, on his threes. But I, like, I need him to have that confidence to just come in and just jack it almost. And, and, but that's, again, in other teams, you go to the Phoenix, you get away with that. Perth, we've seen Trev Gleason. He's not afraid that if you're struggling or taking away from the system that's working to win games – He's going to sit you down. He doesn't have the same sort of leash in Perth, and rightly so, than no, he had in Brisbane. Absolutely. And I think that it is going to take a little yeah. bit of getting used to. Phoenix, fall to the Taipans. What, what, oh, what happened? A must-win game. And yeah. there's no such thing as a must-win game unless it's the last game of the year. But oh, no, this was as close as it gets. As like, close as you can possibly get yeah. to a must-win game right there. 
and they drop it. They were up 16 in midway through the third oh. quarter. This is what I always say, and, and I hate to bring this back to a gambling perspective, but any time a team is sort of over that $6 range in the NBL, mm. so tempting, mm. so tempting. Well, Merco went ballistic in the in like a three-minute span. The deep three, miss. everything. But it was, yeah, one game they just could not afford to lose. But it uh, just sums up the NBL to me. Like You just don't get it as much in the AFL and other sports where a team really needs to win. Mm. It just shows how close this league is and it shows what the Taipans are capable of when they're on. And I'm glad that they got to get a win in front of their fans, but boy. Yeah, I am. that's a big You'd be too. kicking yourselves if you're the it's, Phoenix. I will give the Phoenix some sort of credit in terms of this game being an anomaly with the fact that Cairns just played zone, and they're doing that now. They're zoned for 40 minutes, and you've got to try and break that down. So Can- uh, Phoenix weren't used to playing against that, and they're not going to have to do that in the finals. So they were like, how do we get going? And it starts with getting stops for the Phoenix to get out and run. They couldn't do that either, so it just happened to really just blow up in their face. And, yeah, that's a, a blow loss. up in their face. That is an understatement. Yep. A big, big loss for the Phoenix, the Indigenous round. Mm. Now, from start to finish... This seems usually with these sort of rounds, there's okay, there's always some sort of complaint that goes on, like, oh, they should have done this, they should have done that. This seems to be the most successful indigenous round. We've seen it across the AFL as well. Mm. It seems like finally we've got this thing bang on. The jerseys, elite. Elite. The pregame stuff, especially elite. over in Illawarra. Mm. Fantastic. So for once, we're just gonna sit and say something positive. Mm. No, I love it. Love everything no about it. And every story behind the jersey is just so awesome to for everybody to understand and get a, a better understanding of why each jersey had the pattern they did. And Liam's, I don't know if he knows something, which he normally does when he throws out the Liam nuggets, always he's knows something. He's saying that a couple of teams might adopt just a part of it for their normal jersey next year. I think it would be cool. It'll be elite. I reckon it's great. How many times know, can we say elite? But, it's, <laughs> but, you, but you look at jerseys and so yeah. many times they've got – their history somewhat placed through it, and whether it be a faint text in the mm. back or something like that. These Indigenous jerseys, because just Indigenous artwork by itself looks really bloody cool. Mm. Well, there's so just incorporating that in the jersey. If you take away just yeah. even the, oh, this is this is an Indigenous round, if you just have respect for the artwork, is incredibly cool. I think there's a bit of a difference because a lot of the artwork does revolve around cultural stories and mm. stories of family lines and stuff like that. So you can't use it as much for, you know, like just a design piece. Mm. There's a lot more sort of, it's it's a lot more deeply rooted in culture. So you, I'm not sure where you would find a place to be able to do that, but I'm sure if they work with the right people, they can find a middle ground there where you can have some sort of design incorporated in the jersey. I love it. I reckon it's one of the coolest cultures that globally mm. that we don't sort of no shine doubt. a light on enough. And I think that they did it the right way. With there the was a, an artwork, I can't remember because it was a little piece during halftime um, that a woman had drawn for like an NBL big like canvas. Yeah, yeah, And it looked incredible. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wish that was available for people. I'm sure people would have tried to get a print yeah. of that or something. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the jerseys all elite. Uh, p- p- there's no favorites because they're all just too good. People are trying cool. to pick up. Cool. I, I know that canvas you're talking about as well. It's, yeah, exactly. But the next thing we're going to have to do here. Oh, no. And it makes me feel dirty. Oh, no. One of the hardest things that I've had to do in the history of this show. Oh, oh. Losing Wertho was a tough moment in yep. the show. Mm. Definitely when he headed off back to WA. Mm. But this just makes my spine tingle and I just feel dirty having to do it. And I don't want to do it because the man that is about to appear on Shit Takes. Oh, no is one of the best men that I know. Oh, no. One of the best men in basketball with the work that he does off the court, oh, no. what he's done on the court, a legend of the Perth Wildcats, 
the one and only Greg Hire. Oh, Let's bring the tweet not, up. And he? oh, it pains me to do this. Well, we don't, oh, we don't know who. Greg, exactly. why? Why, Greg? Of all people. It got Luke, some interaction, though. Oh, look at that. There is 126 one-eyed Perth Wildcats fans that have jumped on that engagement. Luke Travers is a better player prospect than Josh Giddy or Mojave King. First off, we've, we've crossed his name out, so we'll not say it's him. His Twitter handle has nothing to do with his real name, so don't, oh, don't look at that. Greg. Um, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. It sucks it's- because I, there's, <laughs> if there's one person in the NBA at the start of the year that you said, who's the least person you would want to make it on shit takes? I'd probably Greg High yeah, would probably be up, up there. there. Isn't he? yeah. He'd be up there. He's mm. a fantastic dude, but this is so bad. More so on the Josh Giddy remark. Oh, that's the one, isn't it? Luke Travers will play in the NBA. We, I believe that I love one day. Luke Travers. That's why when I saw this, I was like, dude, Luke Travers is elite. What he's done this year and where he's at right now, I am a big fan of his future. And as I was reading, I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. This is the, Wherever this is going, it's going to be all right. It's Greg Hyers writing this. And then I saw Giddy. I was like, he's, it's an autocorrect. Oh, he's, he's meant to ride Von But he doubled Hoff. down on it. He, meant he to doubled ride down Hoff. on it multiple saw, times across yeah. Twitter. But that's what it is. You know yeah. what? If you make a statement, you don't back Stand away by. from it. He's looking after his boy, Luke Travers. And he, he's got a point. Mm. I understand the point that he was trying to make. I don't agree. His, the upside there is not – Mojave King, we haven't seen enough. I, I would say yes. Maybe if you put Luke Travers at the Cairns yep. Taipans, he could potentially have a better year and we'd be talking about him above King. Mm. But Josh Giddy is a different beast. This guy is a lottery pick in the NBA draft. And you know what? Luke Travers may be a lottery pick yep. in the future. The dude is stupid talented and young. And I do agree that he's flipped under the radar. He's slid under the radar because he plays for such a class organization and a great team in the Wildcats where you don't just break in. Yep. It doesn't matter who you are. If Giddy went to the Wildcats, I don't think he'd play anywhere near the minutes that he played at Adelaide. And we probably, it probably would have hurt his stock because he just wouldn't have been playing the minutes because that's not the way the organization works. They don't bring anyone in to just come in and just play. And it's hard because Luke Travers is playing the three and the four where Josh Giddy has the ball in his hands, has the keys to the offense. And that's the why I understand. Time. And that's why it hurts so, so much. So maybe he's right. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not get carried away here. No, he's here. Josh Giddy, yeah, lottery. Josh Giddy is a better player than Luke Travers. I'm going to say that right now. Luke Travers, I believe he will play in the NBA. I believe he's going to be one of the best players that we can produce mm. in that age category yeah. going around. But you, as you said, you've got to stick by you. I think you've got to he, stick by your guns, and I got to respect that. Interaction. So maybe we should have blocked out Greg's name a little bit more. Yeah, Interaction-wise, he did very well, but you jumped on it quick. Oh, you. Were, oh, exactly. Because I didn't believe it when, yeah. when I saw it. Because I thought. The, one, of the, one of the most common sense guys on Twitter, when anything happens... Perth bias, obviously. There's obviously Perth bias in yeah. there. But when anything happens, when any situation's going on, Greg High is always just that nice bit of common sense on the feed. You know, like not a bit of reality <laughs> touching it. You know, I saw that and I had to double take. Yep. I thought his account had been hacked. Anyway, in player out of bounds, can the Phoenix win this thing? Look, it's hard now. Cam Glidden. Full strength Phoenix. Oh, there's which no full is strength now with, without with no Cam Glidden. Glidden. I don't think he's going to play the rest of it because he's back in Melbourne now for uh, birth of his second child. Mm. So as we've seen with border stuff, I think that's probably going to rule him out. Professional sports do work by a different sort of standard. We've seen it in the AFL, I believe. Was it Gary Ablett? Last Junior? year. Came back. Basha Hooley did one. I Basha think. Hooley came was back. There, there was players yeah. that came back for the birth of children and then still made it. And this while we while we were in hard lockdown, still made it back because they're living in a bubble environment. I'm not sure 
Well, like the NBL is working via the same well, they have now. bubble system. Well, they have now. Or you'd assume him coming back to Victoria that if he had any chance, it would be. But he, he's still going to be at a hospital and everything uh, with the baby. So I think they can still get it. I, I think that they can still surprise teams. They can with definitely Brokoff surprise firing, them. You Brokoff firing. Because if you look at the start of the mm. season here and you put Brokoff over Glidden, Brokoff yeah. can do what Glidden does yep. better. Glidden's a good defender. So, so, is, Brok- so is Rowdy. Yeah, so, yeah, I, it's a perfect time for him to step up and potentially into the starting lineup. Uh, so I think, yeah, that you don't want to play them in the semifinals. No, no, no. That's if a you're, horror matchup. You're Melbourne and Perth, you're, you're thinking. But the, the toughest thing is if Phoenix are playing Perth and they're like, okay, this is good. No Bryce Cotton, this is our chance. Strong chance they're going to be playing all three semifinals in Perth if the way that Victoria's going. And that's going to be hard in front of the Red Army. Uh, do you, what, do you, what do you do there? Do you have one game without fans? I don't know. Don't think so. I don't think you would. Just in order to give to, to remove that because you want to make it. If you have to play the three games in Perth, yes, yeah, you have one without fans because is, is there an unfair? Well, there, obviously, there's an unfair advantage there because you deserve one. Out of all do, you, the, do you play one at some sort of neutral venue in just rural WA? Rural WA, Bunbury. <laughs> you yeah. take it over to Bunbury. I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you said it's a whole different anomaly talking about like home court. Venue with the Red Army. I just hate it that we, we got through so much of this season. We did the NBL. I know. Cup, now we did all this yeah, stuff. I'm with you. Bang! It's it's. We're not getting on why it's happened because we could do a whole podcast on that. I'm already upset that we brought it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, that's an interesting thing that I'm sure it'll be discussed amongst. Uh, they'd have to talk about all the teams because you don't really want to fly. You talk about going to Cairns to play a, a safe venue. You don't really want to fly back to Cairns if the game's two days later. If you can all stay in WA, that's going to help both teams perform at their best without the travel. Um, that's a really good question you raise. Like, you haven't raised many good things this past year, not and that's much. actually I not bad. I sit over here and I ramble um, on my own Would thoughts. you play it without fans? Um, yeah, game. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm. With some of the stuff that got yelled at me with my blonde little mullet that I had going. But that was all warranted. No fans. It was warranted. Who wears a there, was, I, 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 there was nothing that was said by the fans that wasn't true. <laughs> so no, I'll, I'll give them that, the old yeah. Perthies. Mm. Hot or cold, not allowing fans into the Melbourne Cairns game in Sydney on a Monday night in Homebush. Hot. It's, yeah, it's hot. It's just smart. It's, I mean, it's common sense. Uh, I think it's the same uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, of yeah. uh, Brisbane and Phoenix who are playing in Cairns. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter going on about, oh, you know, you've got to find a way to make it work. You just open it. Okay, with COVID, with protocols, all of that sort of stuff, the expenses for a game day event go through the roof. Well, you got extra security. security you got bottles of hand sanitizer. you got everyone uh, providing the drinks and food. you got to employ all those people. Everything. Yeah. Versus you, are, you are guaranteed to lose money if oh, you run a, lot a Monday of money, night event with no Sydney teams in Homebush. But think about it. Like even if okay, we're going to advertise. We're, there wasn't enough time to sell the tickets, which no. is another thing because you could see. Well, okay, we're going to have enough people going. The people who would be going to that game, most likely if they're Kings fans, you hate United. So why are you going to pay to go? But it was watch a nothing United? game as That's well. That's what I mean. You're playing Cairns, so yeah. yeah, there would have been four people in there, and that wouldn't have been good for anyone. So it was a good decision, smart decision, and we might see a couple more as you suggested. I don't know whether you get inside word, but I one, get, I one get time negative for someone who continually gets called it's, like yeah. an NBL employee. Mm. You'd hope that I would at least get some sort of inside knowledge for mm. being this apparent employee, mm. but no, no, I get absolute donuts. Yeah. Biwali, and I hope that I'm not butchering the pronunciation, Bales. Mm. Signs with the Kings. Hot or cold? Hot. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. We'll move on then. Well, first off, when we initially put this segment in, we were told it had to be quick and snappy. We've never done that. Um, but no, it's good. Two years. Uh, not going back to college and just an exciting young talent. It's interesting. I'm not sure how to rate him as a talent at the moment. And well, of course, I'm always, yeah. yeah. And I've said before, I'm a shocking talent evaluator. One of my worst 
basketball senses is evaluating evaluating talent. One of many. One <laughs> uh, but he talent. didn't he didn't blow them out of the water at Hawaii, and we've seen Aussies go over at better schools <laughs> and play well. I'm sidetracked. You said you're a bad talent evaluator, and I was thinking your some of your talent evaluation I've seen is is pretty elite. But that is neither here nor there. <laughs> that is neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just move on from this one completely. I, I yeah, it's, it's a good signing. I think we can agree it's a good yep. signing. Young kid. Yep. Is he going to be the superstar that everyone's hoping? We'll see. Hopefully. We don't know. Okay. He's got two years to do it. Mm. Venky Joyce free throws. Now, I was going to put footage in here. No, I don't. But Venky Joyce is a friend of mine, mm. and I have bias here. I played friend college basketball. Friend of ours. Played with us. I played... Mm. At Eastern Washington with Venky Joyce, and he's a fantastic dude. For all the people saying, ha-ha, laughing at him about missing free throws, the guy has a medical degree. <laughs> he, doesn't yeah. care, he doesn't care about free throws. Yeah. He's, he's got enough going on for yeah. him, <laughs> enough going for him where that's not going to be an issue. But he just plays basketball for the fun of it for the most part. But, Jesus, that's uh, bad. Yeah, I mean, he's 4 of 26 since coming in as the injury replacement. Uh, Try to think of, so 4 of 26. If you said you can stand at the free throw line and you have to just throw it backwards, mm. would you back yourself to get four out of 26? I think so. I mean, I couldn't really- I would, 100%, yeah, because think, you could bank it in. You could yeah. go bank. Well, all you'd have to do is get the direction right. The thing is, like, does he start to do that? Because when he was with us at United, I'm pretty we, we, sure we raised to we, bank it. We raised the question in college- to start banking it, and he tried it a little bit, but then when you keep missing it like that, it just looks you look terrible. Silly, yeah. We even raised the underarm. Didn't try that. Didn't try it. He never went with it. Gazy actually said on the broadcast when I was calling a game that he should try left-handed, and he wasn't joking. He was saying literally, if you can just really shut your mind. Yeah, up well, because if you've got bad mechanics, because he does have a bad yeah. shooting mechanic. If you've got a bad mechanic and you fix it, sometimes it can just be. Tristan Thompson did it. That's yeah. a terrible uh, example, but he did do it. He switched <laughs> from right to left. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. It's uh, it's tough to watch, and I think he's not playing anymore for personal reasons. So we hope everything's all right with him. But I love what he brought to the Taipans. How it's good, and I, I hate that the free throws mark. I know. That. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's the annoying I'm part because Venky Joyce is a great player, one of the best players who ever come through Eastern Washington. Mm. You look at how Tyler Harvey's performing. Yep. Venky Joyce was just as good as Tyler Harvey mm. in college. Yep. He can play in this league, and I just hated that it's almost become a novelty because of the free throws. But at the end of the day, in professional basketball, you you, you can't shoot like that. I'm with you. You can't shoot free throws like that, and it sucks. He, was he better at Eastern Washington than you? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tyler he also Harvey wasn't was... able to back it after, after a night on the Gator Pierce yep. down at the local. Tyler like Harvey, I was. Tyler Harvey was better than you? Yes. But Mason, I hit more threes. Mason Peeling? No. I just want to see where you fit on the I hit more threes hierarchy. in college than Tyler Harvey. Did you? Yeah, on that's and the, off the court. That's the first. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I do have proof. <laughs> I do have proof. That is Snapchat. <laughs> Limited rest between seasons. Yeah. Which is what it's going to be because we need to get this back where it's not competing yeah. with AFL. It needs to be a summer event. Remember all the roof off games like that? Yeah. Need to get back to that. And unfortunately, the players, staff, everyone's just going to have to cop it for another year. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you said, we're still in the lingering effect. We never thought we'd be back in any sort of lockdown, and now here we are. So more we're still in am, some sort it? of pandemic uh, that's, you're right, get back on track. And it's not going to be a oh, one-year fix that we've just had. Uh, we've d- thrown all this in, trying to get back to some sort of normal. We're going to have to do it again. It's going to take a couple years, I think, to get back into the flow of it. But that's everything, isn't it, around? Yeah. Uh, the but it is. I, I, I do sympathise because they're probably only going to get a month off. Yeah, something around six that. Weeks, sort of six, six weeks, I think. Six weeks, and then you're going to be back. And that's also training involved there as well. Correct. Because six weeks in the preseason well, will begin. Yeah. 
And pre- exactly. And the preseason begins. So usually you want to be there. Technically, you want to be there in easily four weeks before if you're a preseason young, if game. If you're a young one, you're trying to show up in preseason. If you're a young kid, you're not taking a day off. Or you maybe taking a week. NBL one, haven't you? So max. Yeah. That sort of stuff. So it is going to be tough. And then how's it going to affect the NBL one? There's a lot of stuff to still play out here. Mm. But the final hot or cold. Oh. I had to trim my own beard. I noticed that. Did you know? Yeah, you noticed that because there's a whole bunch of hair sticking all over the place. There is. It's everywhere. It's absolutely It's everywhere. hard to do, by the way. It's hard, but I, I just thought the times are that tough at the moment. <laughs> Have a look at that picture. T- <laughs> that is disgusting. That is really you. The times are that tough at the moment that through the entire lockdown last time, yeah. I still did not once trim my beard. That Your picture right there, I'm trying to have a look. It's, you look like a thumb with glasses. That's what I was. Look. That was the... <laughs> He's the thumb with glasses. <laughs> oh, the oh, old school yeah, fighters. But that's just where we're at at the moment. Have you got a good shave? I've got a shaver shop hookup. I'll get it here. You need you one? You do. Yeah. yeah. I remember you were getting multiple beard shop hookups. Do you want one? Yeah. All right. Do I have to post about it? Probably. No, they can keep You're it. a good looking rooster. You'll post about other things. You won't post for a free shaver. No, no, no. I'm not posting for a free shaver. I'm not posting. I'm not an influencer and I will never be an influencer. You sold your soul to the Instagram devil and started posting beard products, shavers. There was a period there where you went through, you got on one pod, you did one NBL courtside game, and then all of a sudden you posted six different sponsored posts. Mm. You sell out. Who else wants to give me a beard trimmer? <laughs> I'll compete with anyone. <laughs> well, that's all we got time for. Another big week in the NBL. Mike Kelly's gone. COVID shake up. It's all going wild. But you know what? We'll be back again next week. And then probably the week after that. And it will continue until the longest season of all time comes to an end. And always remember, gamble responsibly.